Yo, what's up, everybody? Billy, you got your posting? Got my posting. What's <laughs> yeah. I made a story. Everybody check out at homie Bill on Instagram if you haven't already. But thank you all for joining us. We're at 150, Buck 50. It's the Buck 50 episode. And we got a banger yeah. guest today. Today's going to be awesome. How's it going over there, Billy? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing good. It's a little gloomy, so I got my tea, but it works out because you got your coffee. So we yeah. got our morning routines going, even though it's technically afternoon here right now. We're one minute yeah. into the afternoon, so I'm a little slow. I see Layla in the background, just hanging oh, out. Oh, uh, she's. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Well, I had thing. I had to feed them early before we started the show, so that they weren't hungry and feisty and jumping all over me during the podcast. So she's doing right. her after lunch bath right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, well, welcome. Thank you for joining us, everyone. It's uh, been a couple weeks since we've had an episode, but here we go again, episode one fifty with a very special guest. If you didn't see our last episode, episode 149 with Nick Riggle, that was a great episode as well. Loved that, going through everything with him. But super stoked for this guest today. This is a super old friend. I've known Carlos since like 1998. We're going to get into everything. I met him before he spoke English. Damn, so I didn't even be, know that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be cool to get into all that, his whole history, everything he's done, um, what he's doing now. But uh, before we get started, please, if you don't already, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We have a Facebook. You can give us a like. We have a YouTube. You can hit the subscribe button and the notification bell if you like what you're hearing, commenting, sharing. That all helps. We have an Instagram. You can follow us. We have an iTunes. If you like what you're listening to, please leave us a five-star review. I mean, a yeah, five-star rating, and you can also leave us a, a review. And we have a Patreon. You can be a Patreon for as little as $3 a month. When you become a Patreon, you have access to our exclusive content. After this episode, we're going to be doing a section commentary with Carlos on some of his old parts, and that's going to be exclusively for our Patreons. You're automatically entered for a free drawing to win something from our free online store. Once a month, we do that. We're doing that today. And I'm actually, I finally slowed down after New York, after the skates and everything. And this weekend, I'm going to film some exclusive uh, Jump Street content on the patreon for some inside outs some trick tips let's go some three pieces so i'm gonna be busy doing that this weekend so now is a great time to become a patreon you can be a patreon for as little as three dollars a month we really appreciate your support it keeps us going we've been doing this for over five years now so i just want to say thank you to all of our current patrons and anyone who's considering doing so it's very much appreciated so that's my spiel for today Hell yeah. I just got, we checked our uh, Jump Street messages today. We had a request for a uh, inside out tip that I want to, now that my ankle's been uh, better, I was out for like three, four months for the summer, but now that my ankle's better, I'm skating again a little bit. I want to get back into doing more things like that. So I'm taking that request. I'm going to do that one soon as well. But like Billy said, we do a monthly supporter giveaway and this is the time to do it. So where is the wheelie wheel? Um, where is the wheelie wheel? Screenshot. Here we go. <laughs> I call it the wheelie wheel now, but I got everyone's name here from our Patreon. So everyone has the chance to win. And we have the winner this month is dun, 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 dun. Art Garza. Hell yeah. Shout out Art. Thank you for supporting. I believe uh, Art's been supporting the show for a while now. So we're glad to give you something from our online store. So I'll reach out to you on Patreon and we'll get you whatever you want. A mug, a hat, a shirt, whatever it is, we'll get it to you. Thank you all for supporting the show. And I also wanted to say, I don't know if you caught on to this, Billy, but we have Carlos Pianowski on today, right? Do you remember our first WTF that we ever had on the show? The first Epi one? Episode one. Can't, I can't. 
I can't Ooh. remember that. It's too long. One episode one, 150, bro. I don't know. That's <laughs> five years ago. But I figured we'd do a, a throwback to, even though it's Friday. So we'll do a flashback Friday to our first WTF, which was Carlos. Do you remember this? The chainsaw? Uh, the circular oh saw? Royale, the Royale transfer? So I had to bring this back. I hope Carlos enjoys that. Um, this was our first WTF when we started episode oh one. And I can't believe it took us 150 episodes to get Carlos on as a guest. Oh my God. Shame on us, but hell yeah, I had to throw it back to this one. This is our first WTF throwback. So no, it's 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 actually it's actually perfect. And I think we'll go through that with Carlos, but uh he he was ready for one now. He I don't know if he was ready for one in the past. So. Okay, even better. We got, him, a, we got, we got him on a good time. Yeah. All things happen for a reason, but I had to bring that one back. Let everybody know. Uh, you got to know your roots, right? Is that what they say? You got to know your roots. And our Jump Street roots are with uh, our first WTF right there. So, hell yeah. Shout out, Carlos. Um, I don't think we have anything else at the top of the show. Did we miss anything, Billy? It just seems so quick, but I feel like that's it. I'd rather just jump no. into our guest. Yeah, let's get right into Should it. Should we just do that? All right, everybody. Yeah. Please, without further ado, welcome our very special guest. Carlos Pianowski. Hello, everyone. What's up? <laughs> Hell yeah. What's what up, bro? Up? Good to see you. I like that intro. Good to see you, too. Hell yeah, man. It's been sick seeing you like lately, just like still skating like crazy and getting out there. And, you know, I've known you a long time, man. We met back in like, I think, 1998. Yep. Before, yeah, yes. you weren't speaking much English back then, and uh, I hope I still. Uh, I hope I have. Oh, I, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I might know some English now, but I'd be all right. I think I can. We can communicate. <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out. It, has it been a while <laughs> since you practiced English? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I was in Europe uh, at the beginning of the year, and so I had practiced a little bit. And always with music and uh, movies, so always have a little bit of practicing. Perfect. All right, so we got this. Uh, I'll try to speak as clear as I can without a heavy New York accent and not being too fast. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna have that problem. <laughs> Apologies <yeah>. in advance. <laughs> but um, Carlos, man, it's so good to see you. Uh, for those who don't know, Carlos is like one of like the OG hammer masters of like all time. One of the best skaters ever. He has iconic parts in like the FOR videos, uh, Fruit Booter, so many different things that are just epic and amazing, uh, iconic parts in rollerblading. I remember meeting him back in the day when he was doing like the circuit of like the what was it, NIS? And like, there was like ASA kind of events in New York where like there was a real circuit for like come in the summer and like do like a bunch of contests and like be able to have a chance to like make some good money. But um, I want to get into all that in your first time coming to America, but when did you start rollerblading? How did you discover it? And, and how did you, and where are you from? Like, it, you know, I, I know you're from Brazil, but like, can you give us an intro? Yeah. Uh... I'm from a city called Curitiba. Uh, it's Brazil, of course. And I started skating in 1995. I was just watching TV, and there was a cigarette uh, commercial uh, from Hollywood, is how the brand was called. And there was like, some skaters, the 
just cruising on the streets downhill and then there's a front flip over a car and then I was watching and I was really impressed and I was like whoa why would you want to do that <laughs> and it was a time that everyone was basically getting into blading and I just jump on it just hop and never stopped <laughs> sick uh, it's so funny, like a cigarette commercial. That's pretty funny. You you, you yeah. wouldn't connect that with rollerblading. I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think it's 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 not legal in the United States to do like cigarette commercials. So mm -hmm. uh, to have that combined uh, with, in yeah. Brazil, they're they're banned. Oh, they're banned now too. Okay, yeah, same. No, like, yeah, they're cigarette commercial, and they end up in a in a bar. So yeah, the commercials here were like pretty nuts back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And that's funny just to, to connect that with rollerblading. That's uh, interesting. Uh, I never heard of that either. Yeah. Weird, weird twist of uh, two, you know, cigarettes, is, yeah, cigarettes and skating don't go together at all. <laughs> no. Um, so, so somewhere along the way, uh, you obviously like got really into it. You got really good. And I think uh, when I met you, which was, I believe, 1998, you were kind of pursuing the United States and maybe international contest circuit. You know, you were doing the Nisses, you were going along the East Coast and doing them and maybe flying out to California, skating the big kicker. So what was like the motivation like that when you came in and started being like, okay, maybe this is something I could do professionally. When did that click? Um, I cannot really describe it one certain point. It's just like uh, for '98, that was the time that I went to US. I was already doing good in contests here in Brazil. And, uh, I was already a Brazilian champion, and from there I said Brazil. And then I tried out. Uh, my friend Elio uh, Fagundes Velinho. He was going to an ASA in 98, and then I really want to check it out and then see if I had a, have a level enough to compete, to skate with, uh, internationally. And I went to try the amateur, and it was really tough. The ramps are huge, really scary, but that got me really into it because I really thought that it was amazing. It's all the skating, the skaters, and I really knew that I could have a level to compete in the top guys, with the top guys uh, if I practice. So when I came back to Brazil, I just got really on it, 100%, really practicing, doing the street and doing the park stuff about it did you skate a lot of park growing up because i know like billy said you're primarily i think for most of us known as like a hammer skater huge tricks stunts on the street but when i was gathering your sections um for the section commentary that we're going to do after this i realized how good you are at skate park too like you actually knew how to ride ramps do transitions and get big airs and stuff like that uh did you grow up skating a skate park in brazil before you started doing all the asa stuff yeah, definitely. Was a really I don't even know if you can call that a skate park. It's a really crazy bowl with steep ass ramps. 
and really rough. So it's basically skating street. <laughs> and then, uh, then when I whenever I skated like a wood ramp, I was just like kill it because I thought it was like really easy. And I really practice like a bunch spins and all this kind of stuff because um, I really love street skating. But I really like uh, to park, to fly, to do the flips, to do the spins. To, that's why I really learn uh, stuff to put in real street. So I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... It's funny because back in the day, I feel there was a big separation between people who were really good at park and people who were really good at street. Like people, a lot of the people who were really good at street really didn't have access to skate parks. And some of the people who grew up on parks weren't able to skate as well on the street. But I remember meeting you back in the day in 98. You were skating uh, like beige Solomons and you were ripping down rails, had all the technical tricks, like even like all you negative kind grinds, crazies, all kinds of stuff, true spin, fish brains, all this. But it was during the time of the big kicker in um, at the NIS events. And I remember th- there was only a few people that were able to rip that. You were one of them. Um, like Jeremy Pettichini was another one. But like us, like the New York street skater kids, we like stood away from that. It was like the huge drop in, like 50, 60 foot drop in to a ramp with the gap in the middle. Um, so... I don't know. It, it was cool to see you like shining on that. Was was your push back in the day to try to be like ASA pro, or was there like was there even like the thought of like street trying to push it in street like on a bigger level? Like what was like the ambition during that time? Uh, for real, I really I was chasing to be like the best in the park in the street, best I could. At least for yeah. me. But I would try to, I really wanted to be like a champion. And then uh, I really like big stuff. Sometimes it was hard to me for, to do lines on the big parks, on the ASA and stuff. Because uh, there was no much big parks like that to practice. So it was pretty tough. And there was really good park skaters that would just kill it. So I really tried both. Uh, I never got like uh, never stopped one to be more than the other. I really enjoy both, basically the same. And uh, my ambition was like to be on the top, the best, and be a really good professional, and to really stood up. Uh, well, my kind of skating to be different, to put on some metal <laughs> and get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was going to say, like, um, I think when your first part came out that introduced you to the world, if I'm not mistaken, it's the Daily Bread video, uh, Quattro, right? Where, and it was, you skated to Rain in Blood, and every everyone was, it was during a time where, you know, blading, in especially in the early days, went through, I mean, it always goes through trends, like all things, but... It was only one thing at a time. Like we all dressed one way at one point in like 95 was like the wide leg pants and like the kind of punk rock. And then in like 98, it was like very heavy hip hop and sweatpants and stuff like that. And you kind of came out and was like the first person. You're the first person I ever saw skate to Slayer, which is super tall order. 
Like, I feel like not many people could do it. Like you, Jaron can do it like John Bellino, but like, and maybe some of the, a few other people, but it's like really hard to pull off. You need a certain kind of skating for that. So what was that connection? Was there always a connection between like your love for metal and, and rollerblading and how was that received by the rollerblading community and the people you were working with at that time? I don't know, man. Because I always liked to rock and stuff, but that was like uh, I'm in a stage scene. That was like a first concert that I went to. It was a CDC concert. And that really changed my way of like seeing things, skating way, 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 way too much changing. So um, I always skated my headphones on. It's uh, used because uh, I really focus more on the tricks and uh, gets me more like juice. So things just start getting heavier and heavier. And then got to Metallica, Slayer, Death, Pantera, and some others. And when I listen to it, it's just like I'm dancing with my blades on, dancing rails and dancing, flipping and spinning, getting crazy. And I use it as motivation. And, and yeah, it just gets into that point. You know how yeah, to dance to Slayer and Metallica, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely do. You're probably the only person who, who dances Slayer and Metallica. And I think we all love that. Uh, did you say that concert was an ACDC concert? Is that what you said? Yeah. So that would ACDC. That would pump anybody up like crazy. Um, I've watched so many live ACDC shows on like YouTube and stuff with like you know fifty thousand people crowds. But uh, you said that got you like pumped up to skate. Was it just like, was it just the motivation of just because anybody who's been to a concert knows like what you feel when you're at a concert. Like you leave getting pumped up. Was it just that that made you want to skate harder? Was it something else about the concert experience that made you want to? skate a certain way yeah the, the experience of uh of the of the concert uh all the aggression from the, the guitars and there's like all the crowd going insane mosh pit and and all that stuff it just put up some energy inside you and whatever you Listen to the music after you went to a concert, and then just just remember, basically feel it again, and it makes you <laughs> makes you happy to skate, and uh, you just remember good times and rock it out. Yeah, yeah. Th there's there's totally something that music does to you when you know you're we're skating if you're listening to it if like if you're in the gym if you're like riding the bike like long distance it just gives you that extra burst and depending on like what the music is is depending what kind of style you're going to bring to skating like you know if you listen to some hip-hoppy stuff you're more bouncy if you listen listening to some metal stuff you're like you just got that energy to like let's rip like let's let's tear it down um yeah i you know, I used to watch your uh, FOR section. I want to get into all your sections, but I used to watch your FOR section before I was filming for like the mind game video back in the day. 
And I just used to fast fast forward, just watch that section, the Nirvana Sappy section, mm-hmm. which we're gonna I'm sure watch after this in the section commentary. But um, and just like watch that, and then just that music and the skating, I would just like bring that with me. It's just some of the highest level, highest energy stuff. But um, that footage is online, by the way. I think Billy, I think I have like remember the old videos I, I used to make. Yeah, we, there's like footage of us at your your mom's house, and I think you were sitting there watching uh, Carlos's section on on uh on tv but and you were like studying it too like super focused like i remember those days clear as day you know like just watching your section carlos in that video and just how hyped it got everybody to skate billy like you said used to watch that section all the time just get hyped up uh for filming for whatever video it was i guess it was mind game at the time yeah yeah um that's that's good to hear (laughs) um but yeah so um Let's talk about, I want to get into your other parts, but before we do, how did you end up meeting with the FP crew, like Joe Navron and, and Josh Petty? Because like I said, during that time in rollerblading, it was like very hip hop heavy trend and their crew was like very like hip hop based and in the fashion and in the approach to skating and the music they used to their edits. And then here you are, this like super metal guy from Brazil, like listening to Slayer. So how did that connection happen? Man, wow, I cannot remember exactly. I think it was in some contest. Maybe it was the the niece, the, or no, the Carnage Sick Trick, maybe. Yeah, I think the Aaron one with Disaster uh, Fast Light. Uh, that was the looping. And I think uh, I already met. I already, I had already met like Aaron and uh, all the other guys, Char on the streets and parks. But then I met uh, Joe Navran, and he asked me if I want to do a section, and that he liked to do a skated and uh, on the quattro. And, that I could stay with him and uh, film for an edit. And I was just like, whoa, this is kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Kate with FP guys. At the time I was in San Diego. Uh, and then I just, I could not say no. I just went for it and uh, it all came out fucking nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta say like, uh, I, one of the things I appreciate about not only uh, the FP guys, but a lot of the people who made videos back in that time, they had like themes behind it. Um, and you were kind of, they, they kind of made you to, to act in some of these things, you know, and in Fruit Booter famously, when you um, uh, attacked Frankie after calling, he called you a Fruit Booter and you attacked him and, and put him in the, oh no, you were attacked. Yeah, uh, you, you called Frankie a Fruit Booter. He attacked you, put you in the car, put you in a straight jacket, and then you went and you frontside that. Don't hate me because, you know, holder blading is easy. Don't hate, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't hate me because holder blading is easy. And so so what was that like when, when, when Joe asked you to act in that? And how was it to to grind a, you know, a, a big drop rail in a, in a straight jacket? Yeah. The acting was like, uh, 
I think uh, it's more scary than uh, than real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, was basically it's not like uh, we just made it. We didn't like plan or wrote something before, so we had idea. We just went filming. And he would just say do this, do that, and uh, we would do me and Frankie. So that's how it came out. It's pretty nice. And then that was the straight jacket, and uh, that was like. Uh, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if it was Halloween or something. And uh, we came up with the idea, me and Joe. I told, I, asked, I, I, I said about it to Joe, that would be sick to do a rail with a straight jacket. And he's like, oh no, are you kidding me? <laughs> something like that. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then uh, he went to, so he went to get one, to rent one. And then we did it. I did it a bunch of times without it, just my arms crossed. So just to make sure that would happen. And the only thing that you cannot do when you try to something someone that is like falling forward, basically. Yeah. So I think when I put straight jacket it was like the third, I think third try, because the two times like I, I roll away and, and fell on my ass and that was it it came out nice what, what was it a real straight jacket yeah no way <laughs> you thought it was fake the whole time I I, I thought it was real I I, <laughs> I I thought it was a long sleeve white a long sleeve white shirt for some reason no nah, it was a straight jacket he got in uh uh I don't know he rented what so legit wow. tied up did i was gonna ask whose idea it was but you went through that that changed did, my whole <laughs> I, I i swore wow that's what's up um so there was right. no there was no practice on anything small you went straight to like a 20 stair drop rail with that you didn't practice at like a skate park a small round nothing no. <laughs> that's so that makes it so much more wild i i always thought that like billy thought it was a fake straight jacket i thought you at least like practiced it somewhere first but the fact that you no. just go straight to a 20 stair drop rail or whatever and send it in a straight jacket is just as crazy as the concept itself. Hey, let, yeah, me, that... let me tell you something. I got one right now, my own. You have a straight, straight jacket, jacket now? <laughs> yeah. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we got something coming. Well, and, and you know what's funny that spot the the fact that you guys austin have you ever been to that spot that's that white rail right the white yeah the, the, the fact that there. so many that so many clips have gone down at that spot mm -hmm. is ridiculous like mm -hmm. that spot sucks like it's just like the worst <laughs> drop rail with the yellow pole at the end yeah there's like a yellow pole at the end where you can just like impale yourself it's just like it's high <laughs> it's steep it's just like not the best drop rail to skate, but uh, these guys all killed yeah. it. And I don't know crazy. why I liked it because it, it's kind of square, but it's kind of rounded and uh, it's really fast. Yeah. And, um, and how the rail is like, it's, it's high and I don't jump that high. So I have to go fast. Yeah. It's basically, uh, 
little disaster. So I really enjoy skating the rail. Uh, it's pretty cool. I think I skated more the drop rails than the rail in the middle. That's kind of perfect. <laughs> I feel like a lot of spots in the 2000s were like that. It was a lot of why the hell did we skate that type of shit that was going on back then, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With, uh, yeah. Well, I'm curious from your perspective, were there things that you look back on and you were like, I can't believe I did that. Or like, why would I have done that? I would never do that anymore. Like, does anything stick out in your mind like that? Or everything was just like, uh, yeah, okay. So everything was just like, okay, yeah, it was, it was chill. <laughs> nah, there's some. I think that, that maybe not even the big ones. There's one clip uh, that I did in LA. It's uh, in Fort Tree. And it's a Royale on the ledge. And uh, it was really straight. The path that you have to land on the inside. There's the wall and there's... Uh, a little wall and you have to go through it so if i just grind and roll out and just basically go straight and just kill myself on the wall i don't know why did it. i did that that was like no no big reason i looked at all that in the video and i was like oh, that's really stupid that was not even crazy but <laughs> nah i think i like most of the tricks and uh i don't think i regret none I regret the only tricks that I really regret off is the one that I didn't even try it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know there's a couple of tricks like that. I have like, damn it. Um, <laughs> but you know, I want to talk about your 60 minutes thing real quick. If we could, that was one of the most epic things. It was a daily bread piece. It's also, if you go to YouTube and you type 60 minutes, it's basically Carlos trying to do as many hammers as he could in downtown San Diego in 60 minutes. It's the most insane thing ever. Um, so what was that like? And did you shoot You shoot with Johnny? Yeah, there was a, there was a three photographers. There was Johnny, there was Corey, and Drew. Corey was filming. And then I was like, I don't know, maybe no, it was Keith. Keith was there. Keith. Yeah. The legends. Uh, yeah, that was the that was like all those shots, but they used uh, all uh, all all Johnny's because he was like the main photographer in Daily Bread, and uh, that was his own rooms. <laughs> what? So what, what? What was that like? It, it you based like that. You just like basically get in the car, they just start the clock. You have the spots line up. You obviously have to have it planned. Did you yeah. warm up? Did you warm up before like they started the clock? What was that whole experience like? It's it's the for those who haven't seen it, it's it's basically uh five, I think five ender tricks in within a 60 minute span. the first one is like this gap, it's a drop kink, and it's like he's gapping to the disaster to the bottom of the drop kink a few tricks and then uh, jump into like 180 off a roof into this bank, like this front side down this like two by four drop, like two by four steep shaky drop rail in like Little Italy in San Diego. And then just like it ends with this massive drop kink. It's like steep and two stories. So what was what was the 
just like the process were you guys running from the next spot did they set up flashes with no flashes like what was the whole thing how was that yeah that was does planned like uh, a couple of weeks before we already knew like spots like took me and like we made like with the timing and uh, we marked it it's bj bernhardt and uh we just because the spots were not like close to each other it's like we had like uh like 10 minutes drive from each like so we have to be like really on on clock so we did like for two weeks we did like a bunch of times with, with the car so and now for me to get used to the spots and like because like when you check the spot and you visualize uh, the trick and you see yourself doing it and then just got focused and uh for this couple weeks so we went to spots like at least five times to mark the clock and basically there was no flashes because uh we did during like uh during the midday like close to noon so it was sunny and um there was no need for flashes and we already knew like uh the routine and uh we have all the spots marked and uh, and basically it's pretty cool i did basically everything first try um besides the price grind i think that one took the longest because i was like inside basically inside the patio of church and like it was scared to the priest to come and kick us out or throw crosses at us yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that took like probably like eight tries to get uh, like a good one and all the others the others like first try it was like spring tense to get in the car and to go from one spot to the other and we finish it up the last trick that i that i did on that day was like was the the 180 from the roof yeah yeah the 180 from the roof and then after that went to another one from a escape uh escape rail from the fire escape yeah but then like really tired and then uh six run out of time and mm -hmm. do it uh we got we got, we got a lot of tricks for 60 minutes <laughs> i don't think they ever did it again was that the most hammers you ever did in a day Okay. That's if you had a, if you had another answer, if you had another answer, I would have, my mind would have been blown. And I was like, I gotta hear that. <laughs> but that no, that's still extremely impressive. Most people could barely handle one hammer in a day, let alone like five or six or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I, I feel like you were like also like obviously that drop kink was out of control. But I feel like, I mean, I know that it's probably you and, and Jeff Howard could probably make a claim to this, but one of the first people like doing drop kink rails, like taking it to that level, I feel like you were kind of the guy that always led the charge in terms of innovating what was possible on the hammers. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, East, East Coast VG, the back royale on the drop kink 
with like famously Andy Cruz wrestling the guy in the front to allow you to do it. Like Kevin Dowling's there wrestling the guy. And I just remember that was the first time I, I was seeing, I mean, drop rails were a pretty big deal at that time, but drop kinks were just like unfathomable. Um, no one was doing it at all. And so for you to be doing that, I was like, what is this guy on? What is this guy's level? How did you start getting comfortable on drop kinks and how did that become like a thing you were known for, especially before seeing anyone else do it? What, what gave you the confidence? Just work, just work my mind on it. Um, <laughs> have metal. <laughs> basically <laughs> just a lot of slayer it was like, uh, one of those things the thing that i did it was uh those big rails and stuff a certain point uh of skating i got fucking sick of uh people from other sports saying that rollerblading was easy yeah <laughs> and I don't know the other parts to say that and uh my mind just came just like i'm gonna do stuff rails and big stuff that they don't they don't gonna get close to it they're not gonna not to impress them but to get them off my way i was yeah. like you think your stuff's hard try that let's see you think you're good go for it <laughs> So that's one thing that got me into it and the adrenaline. I just love it. I always liked crazy stuff when I was a little kid. Um, once I was like really little, like maybe 10, 12, uh, just to watch like TV shows uh, with my family on uh, Sundays. And there was like, um, this uh, news kind of magazine show that had a had a part that was like uh, this is incredible and they show crazy stuff and I always loved it and uh, they always always not always but I remember clearly watching like Evo Carnival jumping gapping over like a bunch of cars and buses eating shit, getting back up and like jumping again. And I was like, just a kid. And I was like, whoa, I want to do that. I want to get crazy. I want to bigger, bigger than him. And, and then uh, when I put my skates on, I knew I had the possibility to go as big as that with my wheels under my feet. So I just try to focusing on that way. So skate bigger obstacles and uh I'm getting crazy <laughs> yeah you know I, I i can totally relate to that and i think one of the cool things that rollerblading provides be, it gives you like the access to do things that maybe other sports can't access because it's attached to your feet um you know be, so you have like different you have different abilities that give you access to more spots or different spots so um, that was certainly something in my mentality and definitely inspired by you and other people to like be like, how can we differentiate uh, rollerblading from the other action sports based on what we're able to do because of the access that 
we have because they're attached to our feet, if that makes any sense. But yeah, um, yeah I, I definitely uh, saw that you took advantage of that opportunity in your blading. And uh, a lot of that, there was, a, there was a, you've had some of the, I mean, it's, it goes without saying some of the biggest gap to rails, like Dwyer was like, you were the first one doing that. And that was insane. You had some of like the gnarliest falls on that. And then I think about your legacy part and the gap to backside and all like the falls that went with that. Do you have any like, worst fall that you've taken because you've taken like a lot of slams, but you seem to be pretty un unfazed by them. Do you have anyone that like stands out like this was like the worst fall or the toughest day or like the biggest battle kind of with, 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 with a trick? Wow. I don't know. Uh, the biggest battle maybe disaster from far tree because uh, uh, like the disaster fire for yeah. and uh, like uh, my hand was not like totally healed it was broken like uh, I had broken like a month before so it was like I still have like a little cut out cast on one hand and I ate a lot of shit <laughs> Was, uh, that was like really it took some some parts of my bodies there but I don't know the worst falls just basically like uh, really hurts probably the one that I broke my kneecap just like a wall ride transfer on the skate park that's probably stands like really I think that sucks but yeah that's it I think uh, I try not to remember m much of my falls, and uh, when I fall, I don't. I use the, the power of like half metal, <laughs> so <laughs> music and uh, I, I transform the pain to into real get up and try again. Yeah. <laughs> Just sucks when you get home and you have to take a shower. <laughs> did, did you yes, see uh, Demetrius recently did that disaster, that Huntington Beach rather disaster? So it took almost 20 years for somebody else to to do that. Um, well, Happy did it. Happy oh, did he, it he did do that. Yes, yeah, he did yeah, do yeah. that. Well, Carlos but, did, did it first, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, sure. I completely forgot that Happy did that. Wow. Uh, I think Happy did it too. He did it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot about Happy doing that. Um, yeah. Do you? Okay, so then that, that negates my whole entire question. But <laughs> I, 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 on, that, on that note, I wanted to talk about something else that Billy mentioned before briefly because we had Dave Payne on the show uh, a few times, and he said that his entire career of filming video grooves, the craziest moment was that VG twenty moment where Billy was talking about when you back were out the kink rail, and you know Andy was fighting the guy down on the bottom of the ground so that you could get the trick. He said that was hands down the craziest moment in his VG career. Um, how do you remember that day? He told us his story. I would love to know your side of the story, what happened with that, how that went down, and just a different perspective on it than Dave Payne, who was the filmer. Yeah. Um, we're at Atlanta, right? Uh, skate bio. That was the contest. I don't know. How's it called again? 
Super Hick? Um, Super Hick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Um, I'm always doing the tricks, the big tricks already. People saw it in Quattro. And we, dri we were driving to the skate park and we just spotted the rail. And, and I asked him, uh, let's check it out. <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, Carlos, you're crazy. And basically, no say no to Carlos. <laughs> 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 then we went look for it, and then uh, it was behind the fence. But we could go just like around it. And I got up there and looked at him, just like, yeah, I can do it. Like, uh, I'm entitled, just like, uh, at least to the middle, I can do it. Like, uh, I'm not going to miss the locking. And, and so it's all good. The rails are rusty. Yeah, that really hurts after because it took some skin out. And we just one from VG, Video Groove Magazine, filming it. <laughs> Video that I've been watching all my life. And that just, I didn't have time, I didn't have one question of trying or not. I'm just like, whoa, doing it for VG. And like, uh, I always had a, uh, dream to have a profile on it. I still have it because I don't have a profile on VG. Yeah. What's up, Dave? That's <laughs> we still have time. <laughs> it was uh, really calm. Uh, I was in the back until the the lady the lady comes from the door and said that uh, like you couldn't be doing that. Um, and basically, oh no, didn't took too many tries to to went to the end, but I, I ate shit pretty hard. And then the guy came out and uh, he tried to to stop like on the end of the rail. So that's when Andy Cruz came on, came on, <laughs> and they tried to start pushing each other, and I was like, uh, I was. I don't know, such a confusion because I was like, I knew the cops was already coming and like, I was like, oh, I have to do it. And just jumping in there fighting. It was like, oh, I couldn't like focus like really right. Just put the music on and just did it. And then uh, when I landed, I didn't even know there was like uh, that box from the, I don't know if it's an air conditioner or something. Just like a box and like right in front of it and just yeah the worst it. yeah i just matched my my sheen on it and i had like the, the basically tattoo like the grill on my leg <laughs> for a month for a month because <laughs> i hit it pretty hard and uh and yeah then uh the cops show up right away and and yeah that was it next uh next week uh, I think Kev Darling told me that they capped the rail. 
<laughs> not like anybody else was coming to do that, but they kept it for no reason. I was going to ask that when something like that's happening, there's legit a fist fight going on at the bottom of the rail. Like that distracts you, that amps you up. Like you had to still go into your zone and focus it. Like I, I feel like almost in a way, if you saw like your, your friends being on some guy, like, yeah, you got my team. Like we're just like, we're a team now. We're, we're going to get this. They kind of amp you up, you know? <laughs> Basically, I was just like uh, really pressed. Like uh, I was just because I couldn't do it. I couldn't try if the guy were like uh, just standing on the end of the rail, because it'd be worse if I just like dropped the whole rail and just hit the guy or basically killed him. And they were fighting, so I just tried not to look at it and just just focus on the rail and it's like well, right now I can do it uh, they're not like really close to the rail so if I fall on the drop side I won't fall on the top of them so just go for it <laughs> so that's that's how I got folks to do it yeah it's, it sounds like uh, just uh, a big mess of uh, testosterone testosterone and adrenaline mm -hmm. and everyone just like super stoked on what's happening and everyone just like woohoo like in, you're also in the south in America, which can get pretty, you know, so that's, they can get pretty wild. Yeah. Um, a couple more, I, I want to get into a few more things. First of all, if you're watching, please hit the like. Um, yeah. But so there's a clip, I believe it's in at the end of FOR, your section, where you go pretty much as fast as you can on rollerblades into a patch of cactus, <laughs> cacti, you know? into a cactus, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I it, I always wondered about that because I was like what the hell was he trying? It like it almost looks like you're doing it on purpose on some like jackass shit. Uh, excuse my French. On, on some like jackass stuff, but um is there a backstory to that? How did how did that happen? What were what were you yeah. trying? <laughs> I was like uh getting some pictures for Craze Roller uh, magazine, and then I was like a downhill to this bank, and I was just going to the bank and doing some air, and and dropping back in. So as I I'm coming downhill to get speed to to air on the bank, I can uh, I saw like from the side of my eye uh, a car coming. And if I would go to the to the bank and uh, and try the air, and I would come back and uh, get hit by the car. So I just went to the dirt. I did not know there was a cactus there. Oh my god! <laughs> I was gonna stop the dirt, and yeah, I just fell on the cactus, and that really sucked. Cause when I they shit on it like uh it really hard to get like the cactus inside but take those things off oh my god i almost cried shed a tear oh my god because <laughs> it's like so many spikes on it and the spike ha has like those grips that like won't come out uh. yeah that's re really painful and like i stay with like the spikes on like oh, like some spikes that broke inside like my my hands, like my 
my leg, I stay with them like for weeks. Like no. until like it really sucked. <laughs> so oh, it's just like God. high air and thoughts are coming and then like I went to start and unfortunately there was a kind of there. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the worst skate falls you could have and it wasn't even you doing a trick or anything. Like you just were avoiding a car and didn't know there was a cactus there. That's that's insane. I had a similar story. I was skating in Colombia and we, I was doing a rail. And the first time I finished the rail, I didn't even notice. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop now. And I didn't notice there was a barbed wire fence at the end of it. And I happened to just put my hand right out to the tree there. And it went right in between the barbed wire fence. And I was like, oh, I could have just gotten destroyed right there if I didn't notice that. But it's always the stuff that you don't think about that could just fuck you up. And it's not like the trick itself, you know? Yeah. There are some traps around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people are booby trapping us. <laughs> yeah, that, that's. I, I definitely remember feeling your pain uh, when you were pulling it out and like there's nowhere to grab it because it's all has spikes on it. Say so you had the shirt around it, trying to pull it out, and you made a sound of pain that I just felt. It was like ah, and I was like, ah, oh, that's that's not good. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, you went on like a ton of huge tours, like all over Europe as well. What was like, uh, some of the most memorable places you've traveled to? Cause we went on a tour years ago with like the USD guys. We went to like, uh, Pope, it was Richard, you, myself, like Dominic, um, you know, Adam Z, like a bunch of different people. So like, what, what's like one of your favorite or most memorable trips that you've taken for skating? Araucaria, <laughs> that city right, right here. Now, um, I don't know, probably maybe Russia. Just like, uh, I think I never imagined that before. And Moscow is just like everything's so huge and so, I don't know, gigantic, really which is like, uh, makes you feel kind of small. It's just like so uh, monster. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I think that was like uh, probably the place that like I never thought I would go one day in my life. And I was there and it was like really, really cool just because of skating. But there's so many places that I went to that was like so memorable. There's a bunch. <laughs> USD tour was so good. Then yeah. you did a, did it by plane, you did it by van. The van was insane. We had days yeah. off. The days off was just like driving two days. That was the day. Yeah. Off. yeah. <laughs> Sitting in a car all day. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really fun. Hell yeah. Did you guys have tours where like you would show up in cities and like that, like skate parks and there'll be like hundreds of kids there. Like, I'm sure you guys have had that, right? I feel like that's something that doesn't happen too much now. Um, I guess Billy, you do like the Mesmer tours now and you kind of do something similar where people show up. Was it like completely different back then when you guys went on the USD tours, or like around Europe, I feel like, or the South, did you go to South America or something? And like, it was, I remember you went on some USD tour and it was like huge crowds coming to. Yeah, that, that, like South America, there was that. But I mean, there were times, it, it wasn't like huge, huge, but I mean, there were times like in, remember we went to Poland, there was like a big, a big crowd, like in, 
and at that skate park, like maybe like, you know, like a hundred people or something like that. But mm-hmm. there, it, 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 it was, it was healthy, but it was still very like much, uh, contained, but hundred people still uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it was, I mean, that was my first time in Europe. So that, that was, that was definitely amazing. Mm. But, um, so I'm going to be bouncing back and forth, but, uh, you started like skating a lot again recently in the past few, few years and like getting back into it. And also, um, I even see you trying some, like there was like a disaster rail you were trying just recently and, uh, or not too long ago, but was there like a transition where you started slowing down with skating? And if so, like, how did that transpire? Yeah. Uh, basically after I broke my kneecap was like in, uh, when was it? Uh, 2015, uh, middle 2015, and asked for my legs. So basically I lost a lot of muscle and, uh, I would skate, but like not as much. Because it would have, like, I would have been painted just to jump. And I don't know, the, I was not happy with uh, how the reaction of the industry, like, um, how being, like, uh, all the internet, internet stuff, just, like, uh, on the moment, just, like, right now. Um, I was missing the, the glamour of uh, getting caught like some magazine or to to get to the point to be invited to do a like a profile in a view uh it's all that like the glamour just like uh was like went down and i just couldn't get it like the feeling of like posting stuff every day that was kind of a dumb as excuse but really got me like not like so pumped to skate then some of my friends kind of quit and I was skating just like, like, I don't know, once every two weeks or something. And then I have to take painkillers to not have like pain in my knee, my knee. And sometimes with like drink, what I don't do anymore. Yeah. Oh, you don't drink anymore. and then I was like doing that, like party stuff, and like, but basically I was like most uh, mostly I was like because like the this change of the industry, I wasn't like really feeling it, and then like the pain, but it's just excuses, excuses because when I realized I was like not happy, not doing it, not skating, I knew how what to do to come back. Got to work my body out, got to work out and uh, train, eat right, and just go out and skate. And it's kind of hard in the beginning. I couldn't really jump on, uh, on rails. Like, uh, I'm, I'm saying that on like a uh, timeline of like two years ago when, uh, when I did my first like uh, rail on the streets. Like after like, uh, I had like just pause on skating and I couldn't really jump on um, as high as as high as a, a stair rail, 
I could not do a soul grind because uh, I could not like uh, force my weight to my to my left to my right leg because uh, it would hurt like ass. And so I had to do like uh, or royal or like switch soul grinds. Then uh, just start working out. Then uh, did some uh, some treatment as well. Uh, uh, PRP, you know that. Plaquettes, uh, uh, rich plasma. So they take your blood and uh, centrifuge and uh, put it in, and uh, put back in, put the plasma into the to the joint and then start to you. I'm doing that with uh, Ana Moisés, my querida. <laughs> Some power, and uh, that really helps. Right now, I'm able to jump again, and uh, the more variety of grinds, with some gaps, and yeah, ready to be filming. I'm already filming some stuff, some real shit, so can't get out of it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> nice. Right now, um, I'm like a bit older, and uh, you gotta like work harder. Basically, eat right, uh, do the stuff that you love. It's better. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I think uh, when you skate for so long and then you take a break because of an injury, like time could pass. And when you get older, you, you remember in your mind that you can skate, but your, your body doesn't remember it. Um, so it's, it, that could be very frustrating, that process. How long was your time off, like during your injury? Uh, like not skating. Seven metal. I was like in a relationship, and uh, basically just go to concerts and uh, was in a band for a while. Disciples mm -hmm. um, of Death <laughs> and some others, yeah. but. Uh, I was a singer, but I don't think I was really good. Or maybe I was just like, uh, just a pain ass, just got kicked out. <laughs> good enough, maybe. <laughs> I, I didn't no, even know that. that for, uh, for, for kind of a long time, it was pretty cool. We did some, uh, some gigs and uh, it was a bunch of fun. So basically it was not like, a, like I didn't stay for too long. On, without skating, maybe like a few months without putting skates on, but mostly it's because I was injured, but I couldn't, I wasn't practicing my body. So I would just go and eat shit, get stitches on my, my sheen and uh, stuff like that. And just get frustrated. And then we're just doing like the normal life that basically sucks. <laughs> It's hard to come down from being a, a big pro skater from jumping off uh, roofs and handrails and stuff like that. Did you uh, did you go through like some sort of like I guess maybe I guess we all go through this like a maturing process of like now we ha know how to treat our bodies better. We have to work out to maintain our our muscles and be able to do this now. You said you don't drink now also, which is like a huge contrast from the FP days from what we're all used to like seeing in videos back in the day. Um, 
is that something that all came consciously or like you had to do that for your health or, or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a horror story. Uh, I always thought I would just, I could just quit because even before FP days, uh, I would just like drink. When I drink, I just wouldn't stop. Even Kato, he used to tell me, he was like, hey, Carlos, you have to learn how to drink. And it was like, oh, I don't have to learn, I already know. I just don't know how to stop. <laughs> I have to learn. But in my mind, I thought that I could stop at any time that I, did, that I wanted. So I will just drink like, I don't know, every week. At certain points, it was every day. At that time, I was like not skating. Uh, I was drinking every day, like hard stuff. And when I decided that, I, that I, I was going to quit, and I just break it. I was like for months, like every day, and and I collapsed. Yeah, one day just collapsed. Just not like, drinking uh, or drinking like out and have seizures wow. eating my tongue biting it and shaking from the from, from from not drinking or drinking from like the withdrawal or yeah, withdrawal oh, wow. withdrawal. That, that was like for, and then we we'll just wake up in the hospital and wow and at first doctors you know what it could be if that was from me from withdraw so in um in the, in the lapse of time of uh i think a year i had six because i would uh go just get out of the hospital go back to my normal life um being not drinking but then like one day that was like a barbecue or like a party or something that i would drink and then i would drink like the, the next like weeks and then nothing like too crazy and i'll just stop again and then not something that's like next day or something that's like warnings. I was just like, be like weeks without it or like maybe more, or sometimes days. Uh, out of nowhere, just like, just collapse. There's the teachers and the hospital. And then the last time, uh, I think that was the sixth, at least six times that I went to the hospital. That was pretty, that was pretty tough. Uh, I was tied up to the bed because they told me that I want to run away. And I have a drain uh, to urinate. Wow. I was wearing papers. Yeah. And I had no mind because when blackout, you just like, just like your brain just like just collapsed just like just like electric uh, shock i didn't know like uh names numbers basically from phone and uh i lost my north I, when i got back home i didn't know uh which direction was like uh you know the star or like the bus terminal like i lost a lot of memory 
and then we did uh, like all the tests and uh, exact. Uh, and like at the time after the first one, I was taking like the medicines to help uh, not to not drink, to not have, not not have issues. And then when I drink, that's what happens too. Then when I stop both of them, then that's what caused the withdrawal. Um, with all the tests that we made in the in the hospital, I got uh, I got consumed that was like uh, from withdrawal and. Yeah, then I put myself in a rehab. I stayed there for like a few weeks. Then just put my mind in place and got back home, therapy. And I have to come back to therapy. I stopped for a little bit. And that really helped. And that was a whole process to get back my mind back on because I would try to skate and the reflex wouldn't work. I would try a trick and uh, my mind would be on the locking still, but my body was already on the ground, like falling. So I have to adapt and I can get through all these bad times. And, yeah. Wow. Well, for, 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 first of all, I just got to say, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's a that's a huge personal thing that uh, I honestly didn't know that you I knew you were drinking and were sober now, but I didn't know that you had uh, gone through all of that as well. That's that's uh, how long have you been sober now? All right, let's get into it. I got like uh, over two years and a half. Wow, bro. Anything, and then uh, I went to Europe. Didn't drink much, didn't drink at all. Basically, I just avoided. I had a, I had a few beers with the the guys from the, the organization from the United Cup, just because uh, just basically celebrate. Like they asked for it after the contest, so I was like, okay, I'm not slave for not drinking one. So I had one drink. And then, like some beer. And then, but I wouldn't mind. I didn't really like it. And here in Brazil, I had a few beers the other day. Not the other day, like a few weeks back. And I really felt bad. Like, um, I locked myself in my, at home without phone. I just checked the phone from the to see what time it was and just just like uh, talking to myself how bad that was like why did I do that like it was like it at all I didn't like the taste anymore I didn't like how I felt and uh, it didn't brought me anything good and then like uh, I stopped again and then like uh, it really made me just be sure that was in the red bath, not drinking anymore, because uh, it really sucks. It really puts you down. Um, you're not yourself. Now has been like maybe a few weeks, and uh, since that episode, so I don't know. I don't even want to count anymore. I just don't want to drink, and I don't yeah. not go anymore. 
because I feel much better and uh, I do more stuff and uh, real life mm -hmm. is good. Well, I, I gotta say you look great. You know, I, I, I know what you know, what it's like to see someone who looks beat up from drinking and, and you, you look great. Um, you look healthy and it's it sounds like it's been a challenge, but it definitely sounds like you're on the right path. And, you know, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I'm glad that you have something like skating and the, this community to kind of motivate you to do the right thing and, and, and stay healthy and take those steps to 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 maintain that have you been going to like the gym and stuff to like get stronger like have you been doing exercises to get your reflexes and things like that back on point yeah definitely doing all the right things gym eating right i'm basically vegetarian now <laughs> wow that's crazy <laughs> yeah i mean really really good fun has been like over like a month and a half and i feel much better i'm doing the gym working out and uh all this kind of stuff did some yoga uh yeah hardcore brazil it's basically healthcore brazil now <laughs> <laughs> i like that it, i mean up, it's unfortunate you went through all that but i think it was all for the better because it seems like you came out a yeah. much better person now at the end and that's awesome to hear. Thank you again, like Billy said, for sharing that. Um, I think people, you know, in the chat are also uh, showing the love and support for you right now and the way that, you know, you came out in the end, which is awesome. It's good to hear that. And hopefully that helps towards whatever new filming uh, skate section you're working on, too. Uh, so I know everyone's probably going to be looking forward to seeing something from you. Um, we're going to open up our questions in a little bit. I did want to ask one more thing before we did that. Um, I know this that... There's a lot of youth coming out of uh, a lot of youthful talent coming out of Brazil now. And I've seen you even skate with like people like uh, Nicoli. Um, I know Danilo Senos Senna's from uh, Brazil, too. I've seen you with other people kind of like, I don't know if you want to call it, like, quote, coaching the youth or, or like kind of, you know, showing them around the skate park. What has that been like? What do you think of the youth now and how skating is in 2023 moving on? Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. Um, I got myself into this. I um, started just giving some tips, uh, calling kids or friends to do some trick that I knew that could they could do it, and to pro and to make them progress. And uh, I saw that I had to touch, uh, make them. Uh, get up the level on skating for them and um, there's a lot of kids right now that, that like uh, I do some like counseling right here in my city there's Enzo, Nicole, some others and um, I always like I always take like, uh, to give to give them uh, some of my experience uh, show them how, how it was done, how it's done, how to get, they can make it easier. Because uh, before I used to just go to skate park or whatever skate and just think about my skating and put my headphones and just skate for myself. And 
just practice. Right now, I just get really happy when I push someone to do a new trick. I get really happy. Just, just as much as I, just as much as, or more, even more than when I do a new because they got really happy and like, you know, I put my little touch on it. So it's pretty cool and they get happy. And like, there's a lot of new kids here in Brazil right now. The old dudes that come back, the old ones. So I'm really happy then to help everyone that, that can get into blading because, uh, I don't know, it's so good for me at least. Uh, doesn't matter if you're a pro, if you're an amateur, if you're a kid, if you're a grandpa. Skating's life and it really gets you off from the confusion of life and uh, give you peace. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just helping people to skate is just like so fulfilled with energy. It's pretty cool. I'm really happy. That's, that's awesome. a fantastic, that's an awesome answer, man. Skate, skating is life. It gives you life. And it's uh, that combination of mind and body and then putting it into action and focus and all of that coming together. And then the self-expression involved and the just playful, the playfulness that you can have. It's like a, a link directly to your youth, but a link to like meditation as well. And it's, encompassing so many things so I'm, I'm just so happy that you have that opportunity to to share that with the youth and that's such a it's, it's such a cool thing to to be able to share that the joy of what skating can do and like the healthy aspects of it yeah um so I, I love that answer i also just wanted to say this i just realized first concert right boom <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't even know i didn't even know i was like I just leaned back and I was, I was like, oh, we're in an ACDC show. Sick. rock. You rock, So I think we're going to open it up for questions if we can. Do, do we have any, uh, if that's okay with you, Carlos, do, do you have any uh, Patreon questions? Yeah, we got uh, a few awesome. Patreon questions. Uh, we prioritize these for, we ask a few days in advance if anyone has any questions for our guests. So we have a few from our Patreon. First one is from... Samuel Brownlee, who asks, what is the scariest trick you've ever done? And what is it about stunt skating that keeps you coming back to it? Oh, I don't know. Scariest? That was the, I don't know, put up two. That was the drop rail from VG20 guys fighting also the disaster backside on the legacy video yeah because that one it's uh it's pretty gnarly it's really big and yeah. if you if you land on the if you grind the rail and land to the outside part there's a ditch like concrete ditch that would probably kill you so you have to be on the on the inside part and disaster it so and you just you just get you only can see the rail like after you jump so you just have the direction it's basically it's as crazy as the one from uh from Huntington beach that's basically as big and uh but has the ditch on the side 
so that one was like pretty scary yeah those two and what makes me do it because it's hella fun <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good answer that's a proper answer right there uh we have one more uh patreon question from hjj all day who asks um well, he asked the story behind the straight jacket, which we talked about, but he also asked, uh, do you know where Kato is? Does anybody know? Do you have any contact with Kato? Do you still speak with him from Remedies? I talked to him like a month ago, like a few months, just briefly. Uh, yeah, he care of the daughters. He's doing fine. Uh, we didn't talk too much, just like, uh, just briefly. We got to get him fine. on, we, we got to get him on the show at some point. Got to go <laughs> through do. his stuff. Kato. Yeah, we got to get Kato. <laughs> we got to get Kato on for sure. Um, do you have anything from the live chat? I know there's a bunch of questions in here, Billy. Yes, I do. Some of them are repeats of things we mentioned on the show or some, what you've just asked. But uh, let's start with um, Lander. Lander says, what was it like for Pianowski filming Street Dwellers with Brian, Brian Bell? What? Uh, so, what, what? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Filming Brian Bell was like the coolest because he so, was so much fun. He always like laughing and like making jokes and make the this session like vibrated like happiness and like uh and brian was like a fool just watching the videos when i was like a kid and like he's doing these monster rails the crazy transfers it's one of the biggest inspirations in the beginning so to be skating with him was um such a fan i am such a fan of him was uh, very good brian and <laughs> he used to call me like uh, when he saw me, like on the streets. Uh, he used to call my name and like uh, I slang in the middle of my last name, Carlos Bus Tapianowski. Please <laughs> <laughs> uh, scream that. I want to say that word right here right now. <laughs> And people just get crazy, laugh. That was mad fun. Missed that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rest in peace, Brian Bell. He was a true legend and innovator and mm -hmm. definitely the first person I saw that I was like, wow, this guy is, yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, same, me too. He was like an early version of how your skating became, Carlos, I would say. Okay, well, we'll, we'll take two. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. We'll take two or three more. Uh, there are some repeats on here, so we'll just do uh, Dad's Day Off Co. says, shout out Dad's Day Off Co. They just started a, a, a podcast with content, or not a podcast, it's more just like a content-based site. You could follow them on Instagram, Dad's Day Off Co. How has your approach to skating changed over the years? What? How has your approach, yeah, to skating changed over the years? Like your the way you look at skating, how has it changed over the years? 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. It's a bit different because, uh, man, we used to have a uh, community. We just like call everyone, or sometimes not even call. We just like meet up a uh, bunch of friends, just like in a certain spot. It was like uh, that we like uh, just talk about like the day before and just meet up and like the whole family stuff of like uh, skater skating family was like more like basically more together. The communication was like way harder because they sometimes don't even have like phone calls and just go to people's house and uh, get together right now with all the access the internet and stuff you get to talk to more people but you're not really with them and that makes like uh kind of separates like the universe so people more often skate like by themselves than like together because like i don't know if they feel like they're skating with people together just because they're watching the, the clip that they did that same day on a different park but they're not, they're not skating together they're just like doing posts on the same day and they like talk to each other but that, that kind of friendship i think that like change a lot i think that's like kind of that sucks because uh to these days i like to i like to practice sometimes alone if i have to but i like to skate with my buddies have a good laugh and uh have the lifestyle i think that changed a little bit um but that's just a matter of uh getting together <laughs> nice um we got a super chat from Lions Den Media. Uh, it's been a while since we've gotten a super chat, but just so you know, we still split our super chats halfway with our guests. So anything that you send in, we will give half to our guest. Lions Den says, first time seeing Carlos during ASA Huntington with the loop. Grob got a lot of attention. I was rooting for Carlos trying the wall ride true spin topsoil over the huge channel. Love to know his mindset that day. So if I'm not mistaken, this is the epic uh, Sports Illustrated shot that Jaron Grobe had. They made a huge loop. Apparently, it was 21 feet tall, if you want to picture that. So, like, a vert ramp would, on average, be, like, 14 feet. So, this was a 21-foot loop that a few people successfully looped. Um, Jaron did it. Did you do it, Carlos, as well? I try. I try, like, uh, I don't know, five times. Okay. <laughs> Thing was like that looping. That loop was like so tall, like that. Yeah, on feet, and the rolling was like lower. You're dropping from a lower like rolling to do the loop. That's really crazy. And at the time, I didn't have great wheels, great bearings. I have like <laughs> my street skates, so like little wheels fucked up bearings and I tried um, then uh, I did one then I went to the middle to the top then, hit, then 
sleep off, eat my bird on the top, and land on the side. I didn't, I didn't, I did not land on the on the farm. I kind of land on the farm and then hit the side of the loop, so that really hurt. And how I knew my skates are like not fast enough to do it. Uh, and I knew Jaron has already done in the, he had a done in the, in the car nut sick trick, the one earlier than that one. And I knew that wasn't going to be the, the sick trick. Mostly they wouldn't do the same maybe. And Aaron was doing like the crazy stuff. So I tried to all right to top. So did that one. Aaron did disaster. Fast light, flat, flattened down. He won that one. Uh, great. And yeah, I tried the loop, but no, didn't do it. Still to this day. One day I will. That that's crazy. The um, that had to be one of like the gnarliest core setups I've ever seen, and just like made specifically for for blading. That was. I mean, maybe bikers could have got, but even the loop, the way it was constructed, constructed, it was just insane. Um, yeah. Everything on that course was nuts. So huge shout out to that. I wonder if that's, is that on YouTube? If it's on YouTube, please like put the link or something in the comments down there because I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, it's crazy that they miss you with the foam pads. Like you just dropped straight 20 feet and missed the foam. Cause like there's people at the bottom that are trying to catch you with the foam. Mm. I would have been like, that, think guy's, about how ridiculous that guy's fired, that's like, fired. <laughs> that's such a ridiculous concept. So like, okay, we're going to have a guy that throws yeah. the pad under. That's like, exactly. It's the whole it's thing is ridiculous, ridiculous but yeah, yeah, but there is like those guys are there for a reason. Like at least get it right. Do your job. You know, these guys fall on 20 feet. Um, yeah. you know, 17 BKS has a question about the, the adrenaline for like the VG20 drop rail. I, I feel like we pretty much touched on that. So I, I don't think I yeah. want to ask it again, but um, we'll, we'll just go. Um, okay. We'll do shitbox diaries. This will be the last question. Hmm. Um, any other stunt bladers from, excuse my French, any other stunt bladers from Brazil, some OGs? Yeah. There's a bunch. I anybody? Can, anybody? Can we we shout know? out a couple. Can we shout out a couple of the OGs from Brazil or some of the old stunt guys? From uh, stunt skaters. Damn, there's uh, Jefferson Santana, Broska, also really technical and done some really big stuff. Daciel, Jesus, Santiago. Um, there's so many, uh, I'll go with those three. Oh yeah. All right. Shout out to all the, uh, Brazilian skaters and cool. Well, I'm looking forward now to getting into some of these sections we have lined up for us. So if you are a Patreon, uh, you will have access to that. And if not, you are welcome to become a Patreon. I'm pumped to go through it. But before we do, I just want to say, Carlos, thank you for taking the time today to talk about some of this stuff we talked about some fun stuff but you also opened up to us about some like very personal stuff so just thank you for opening up yeah. about that because i'm sure there's a lot of people who can hear that and relate 
And, you know, blading, it's a tricky world because it's like a healthy thing and this, but there's also like an element that could have like a little too much partying involved and it could take you down uh, a path that might take you away from your health and take you away from blading, which is, it's a strange uh, thin line because it's, it's, it's something that is, can be within blading too. So I just want to say thanks for bringing up the, that and bringing up awareness to that issue. And I think it's really important for people to hear but before we let you go, do you want to, do you have any last words, any shout outs and anything you want to say? Yeah. First of all, thank you guys. Jump Street, Austin, Didi, you guys rule. Love you guys. And just, just uh, say yeah to everyone that are watching it right now. Thank you for watching it. And, uh, Keep rolling, uh, put your mind in place, and uh, have fun. Because uh, skating brings you the most fun you can do it. That brings you life, and it gets you off bad stuff. Um, I want to thank everyone that helped me, even the ones that are away. They're still here. And thank you. Have a great, great week. <laughs> Hell yeah, Carlos. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this has been awesome. People love it. If you're not already, subscribe to the channel. Stay subscribed for more podcasts um, on Patreon. Check out the next day or two. We're going to have the section review that we're about to do right now. But until then, we'll catch you all on the next one. Carlos, don't go anywhere. We still have more to do. So we'll see you all on the next one. Later, everybody. Yeah.